This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 202 of Horror Stories. Hey. I'm Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, Tracy. Obviously, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent, and that includes everybody that's on the front line during this COVID thing. Absolutely. Still pray for you guys every single day. You are angels on this earth. I've said it a hundred times, and I just hope you know how much you are appreciated. I agree, 100%. Obviously, like I said, we're starting to open up around places, and things are starting to get somewhat back to normal, but... You know, in in the meantime, we are still under a little bit of a quarantine, still some things. So people are still struggling with some things. Not to mention the fact that the quarantine does crazy things to people. Uh, not only are there people that are more depressed. I saw the thing the other day, the actual updated was there were 600 times more suicide calls. Or I should say calls to the suicide prevention hotline. Mm-hmm. 600 times the normal amount. That's really heartbreaking. And it is. And, you know, so we just want to let people know if you're listening to this, um, feel free to lean on us. Lean on the group. Lean on Tracy and myself. Lean on friends, family. And just remember, most of what you're thinking as far as your self-worth is strictly uh, just you because you're down on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not the way other people view you. Of course not. So I just want to make sure that people realize that sometimes you're your own worst enemy. And, and yeah. living in your head is way worse than living in your house during a quarantine. Oh, absolutely. Me. And we definitely need you in our world. So we love y'all. But you can you know, definitely rely on us and the group. And uh, Tracy, what's the suicide hotline number? It's 1-800-273-8255. And if you want to text, it's 741-741. Please reach out to somebody. All right, so tonight we're going to do a little bit shorter episode than we normally would because we're recording on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to take a couple days off just to get a little bit of R&R, recharge a little bit, come back strong, and uh, business as usual, but uh, so because of the fact that it's not as long a week, there wasn't as much research done, and to be honest with you, thanks to Sharon Murdoch for helping out this week because without her we might not even had an episode we might have actually skipped a week and just played an old one but she had gotten us some research in early and i just decided we were going to use this for the show this week so thank you sharon thank you she has really been a lifesaver the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. and she has pink hair like you that's right and even though i talk to her all the time and you rarely talk to her she's like always praising how great you are no and i'm like second down the list but that's okay i'm used to being second no well thank you sharon you're pretty awesome yourself babe (laughs) so we're going to talk about bangar fort in bangar india okay and at first i thought it was banger 
until I did some research and found out it was oh, Bangar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Bangar, I barely know her. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the little kids won't get. That's all I like. <laughs> anyway, it's important to first discuss what a strange story the entire town is. Okay. Now, Bangar is, is right now, it's a ghost town. Has really? been for hundreds of years. And no, I, I mean hundreds of years. But back in the 16 to 1700s, mm-hmm. this was a big, robust city with over 10,000 people living there. And I don't just mean robust, like, hey, there was a bunch of people. I mean, this thing was like a metropolis. It, it was, it had grand palaces. It had swimming pools, well-tended gardens. It had temples. And it was just, you know, markets, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It, it literally was like the creme de la creme. It wasn't just an ordinary big city. It was like above most of the cities in India at the time. And then all of a sudden, it was just deserted shortly after. And, you know, like I said, the best of our knowledge, it was the 16th, 17th century when all this took place. Mm-hmm. They don't even have facts on exactly when it happened. They just know it was within that 100-year span, basically. The only thing that was left behind after the desertion were the local monkeys. So now there's like all kinds of monkeys around the place, but there are no people that live anywhere near Bangalore. That is crazy. Why didn't the monkeys go? I don't know. And what's funny about that is like we talked about, you know, this being 1600s, Bangar had been populated since before prehistoric, or since around prehistoric times. Oh my so goodness. So th- there were people there for hundreds and thousands of years and then just like that they were gone some historians think that people could have been killed in a military battle or chased away in a military battle but why wouldn't they have come back if they get killed i could understand their mother well, yeah back. right but it's india they do believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. but if if they were chased away i don't know why they wouldn't have came back or somebody wouldn't have if this place was such an awesome place some think that it might have been wiped out from some type of a famine or a plague Oh. And that would explain it. It baffles scientists and archaeologists still today because they have very few answers as to what happened there. Well, that is the craziest crap I've ever heard. It's almost like when they're talking about it, it's almost like they're talking about Atlantis or something like that with how few answers they have. Or the pyramids or something along that line. Wow. All right. So the reason we told you about Bangar is we're going to talk about Bangar Fort. It's by far the most well-known haunted location in all of India. So this one kind of sneaks into almost every, well, for a fact, it's in every, it's at the top of every top haunted list in India. But when you look at top haunted places in the entire world, it actually sneaks into some of those as well. Hmm. Bangar is a city that was established approximately in 1573. The fort was built shortly thereafter, but unlike what most people think of when they think of a fort, this was like one of the most luxurious palaces of its time. So like when you think of a fort, usually you're thinking just the basics. Right. But this thing was like, it was a palace that was also a fort. Like just, sleeping in a tent, but you had air conditioning and right. <laughs> a stove. It's not 100% known who had it built, but most think that it was Man Singh the first, and he had it built for his son, Madho Singh the first. I'd like to have a name like Madho. <laughs> I'm glad it was a male and not a female. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the fort got lots of use over its first hundred years because there were many different battles during that time. But due to a water shortage in the region, it had to be abandoned. So this is what we talked about a lot of the scientists say they don't know exactly what happened. 
Could it be a plague? Could it have been that they were chased off? But what a lot of the locals there think that it was abandoned because of a water shortage. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of odd because there's like all kinds of creeks and stuff around there. Yeah. So, uh, right where this one is. After the abandonment, there was no maintenance of any kind down to the fort. So it just officially started falling apart until it was just ruins, which is what it is today. Well, that's a shame. The fort has a notorious reputation to the locals. So much so that it is illegal to enter after dark. That's how scared they are of it. I'm going to read this to you. Whoever dared to enter the fort after sunset or before sunrise has never returned dead or alive. Well, that's pretty scary. I would love to be able to play some Bon Jovi music right there, but, you know, we can't. Yes, I know. Bongar Fort is about 146 miles from Delhi. It's on the border of the Sariska Reserves. To get to the fort itself, you have to go up about a 1.2-mile stretch of unpaved road. So that'll get you off the road and mm-hmm. up to the fort. So why is this place so haunted? Or maybe the better question is, why are the locals so scared of it? And yes, the locals are definitely scared, as we told you earlier. Over the years, they have built several temples, not only around the fort, but inside the fort to keep these evil spirits contained. For example, there is a Hanuman temple right next to the main entrance, and then there's a few more inside. The locals say that the temple contains the evil spirits within the fort and keeps them from causing grave destruction. They are into this. So let's get into some of the legends that have the townspeople so scared. So there's a few different legends out there, and we're going to start with not the most popular one, but it's still one, and we'll get into the more popular one afterwards. So we said that many believed that it was built for Madho Singh. So Madho grew up in the fort. Now keep in mind that India's culture is a little different for, than most of us are used to, mm-hmm. so this might be a little hard to follow. Madho was allowed to live in the fort because he got permission from an ascetic named Balanath, who already had lived and was already living there. An ascetic, for people who don't know, is basically a person who practices severe self-discipline and abstinence. So most would probably think of monks as far as that category. So think about that. So anyways, Madho was given permission to live there under one condition. He was told that the shadow of the fort must never fall upon the house of the ascetic. So the ascetic actually had its own little within the fort had its own little residence, mm-hmm. okay? Kind of like a rectory or something like that. Well, Madho did kind of adhere to this. So it wasn't any issues while he was there. But one of his successors built onto the fort and made it taller. When he did this, it caused a huge shadow to fall over the home of the ascetic. So according to this story, the fort was doomed from that point on and the prophecy was fulfilled and then the fort became haunted. Oh my gosh. I mean, they probably never even thought of the shadow. Did they would have they have thought of the I shadow? Have, I would have thought that would have been passed on and passed on and passed on though, so people would have because Madho was told about the shadow. So Madho should have told somebody else before, well, you know, one of his successors. Maybe I mean you would think that would be something you start telling in an early age just in case you accidentally got killed before you could tell somebody or something like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. But apparently it did. But that that's one story that's not the most popular. Here's the most popular story. There was a beautiful princess by the name of Ratnavati. Now, 
First of all, how come there's no ugly princesses? And all these stories, they're always like the beautiful princess. Why can't there Did be? Did you a... say rock my body? No, I said rot navadi. Oh, <laughs> rock navadi. Rot, R A T. O R O T. R A T. Rot navadi. She was the pride and joy of Rajasthan, and that's uh, Rajasthan is is an area in North India, kind of like a state. It's like huge though. Like when you think state, like we think state, mm-hmm. you know, we're thinking, oh, you know, this many million. Like Kentucky's got four and a half million. Rajasthan has sixty-eight million people in it. Wait, because India's got like a billion people. There's sixty-eight million. India and China are like the two most populated countries in the world. So, I didn't. I mean, I knew China, but I didn't know that. Yeah. So Ratnavati had an older stepbrother by the name of Ajib Singh, and she was loved. He was hated. And he really doesn't have anything to do with the story, so I don't know why I even put that in there. But anyways, she was sweet and innocent, and she got very many marriage proposals, mm-hmm. as you could imagine. Those India girls are beautiful. Yes. She had a tantric priest fall in love with her. Now, he knew that he didn't really stand much of a chance with her under normal circumstances, but he wasn't normal. He actually practiced black magic and was pretty good at it. So he tried to cast a spell on her. It just so happens that he saw one of the princess's maids in town. She was buying some perfume. So he put a spell on the perfume, cast a spell to make her fall in love with him. Unfortunately, for him anyway, it didn't go as planned. Because the princess found out about the spell. Mm-hmm. And she threw the, the bottle of perfume. And according to legend, as she threw it, it turned into a stone hitting the priest and killing him. Crushed him under the weight. But before he died, he, he cursed her, her family, and the entire village. And the following year, there was uh, the Battle of Bangar and Ajibkar. And in that epic battle, Ratnavati and most of um, Bangar's army were all killed. <laughs> Well, how, who told her? Who told her about the spell? I don't know. I mean, I don't, it could have been the, uh, the, the maid. I mean, he should have kept that to himself. Well, I mean, if he did it, if he like yanked it from the maid and did it, they probably figured it out. Well, that's what you get. <laughs> trying to be sneaky. So due to the per, uh, the, the curse that the priest put on them no one in the village could be reborn of course we know that's that's huge in india there's they're because they being believe reborn. In, yeah so the fort was condemned to desolation and to be inhabited by ghosts fun fact uh if any villager tries to build a roof it mysteriously collapses we'll tell you a little more right after this quick break from our sponsor tracy tonight's show sponsor definitely fits into what we do Yes, I'm excited to hear about it. Keen is the world's largest online network of spiritual advisors providing quality love and relationship advice, psychic advice, and tarot readings since 1999. That's a long time. It is a long time. You don't stay in business that long unless you're successful. That's exactly right. How successful? Keen has enabled nearly 50 million conversations to date. What? 50 million. Wow. That's impressive. So whether you're looking for advice on your love life or your career, or you're just simply looking for guidance during these uncertain times, and we know those are out there, Keen's trusted advisors are here to help. You can chat with an advisor 24-7 by phone, or you can chat 
And you can even download Keen's app. Oh, that's nice. Every conversation is backed by satisfaction guaranteed and is 100% anonymous, meaning you can join for risk-free. That's the kind of deals I like, risk-free. Absolutely. Advisors are priced as low as $1.99 a minute. These are some of the lowest prices in the industry. When you find the right advisor, you can develop an ongoing relationship with them. This leads to a number of different benefits. You get monthly intention setting, gaining clarity on the significance of synchronicities, chakra clearing, and any additional reasons that you may have to build a relationship. Obviously, if you know the person you're dealing with on a regular basis, the more they're really going to be able to pick up on your vibes. So that's awesome. You can actually request the same person. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. And check this out. Visit trykeen.com slash hillbillyhorrorstories today. And as our listener, you're going to get your first 10 minutes for just $1.99. That is unbelievable. You know, anytime we have a sponsor, we always want to try the product first and make sure it's something we can get behind. Of course. It just makes sense. And... I had a reading, and I was very impressed, to say the least. There Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of, you know, I understand how people can be skeptical with these type of things. You Uh feel like, you know, that eh, maybe they're just talking in general, and this could apply to everybody. This was very specific, very specific. Mm -hmm. And there was no, you know, they don't know who I am. I just just randomly called. But I was very impressed, and I think it's definitely something that I will be trying again. Very good, very good. So we want you guys to try it as well. So let's look at this again. We want you to visit trykeen.com. That's T-R-Y-K-E-E-N.com slash hillbilly horror stories. And you're going to get 10 minutes for just $1.99. Can't beat that. No, you can't beat that. So give them a try. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. All right. So we talked earlier about it being illegal to enter after sundown. It's said that once the last rays of the sun start to kind of fade, that an eeriness and a gloom and chilling hollowness kind of sets in, and the entire landscape is consumed by all that. So it's just like, it's an instant... Doom. Yeah, instant doom just kind of impending as soon as all that hits. And then it just subdues as soon as the arrival of sunlight the next morning. The locals have several stories of paranormal activity in the fort. Many obviously believe that spirits roam the fort at nighttime, and they claim to have not only seen spirits, but they also say that they've heard many strange noises and mysterious noises coming from within there. They believe that if you go in at night, that you will not come out. I mean, they are very, very stringent on that belief. So as far as the daytime, it's not much better in there. They say that visitors always feel like that they're being watched, that the air has a dizzying heaviness about it within the fort. Remember the beginning of the show when I read the quote about, you know, if you come in after sunlight mm-hmm. or coming after sundown that you weren't going to make it out and you can't make it out. That wasn't a quote that people would just, you know, hey, well, this is what we believe. So, you know, this is what we're saying. There is actually a plank inside. Uh, I guess I should say more of a sign. A professionally made sign from the Archaeological Survey of India. And that is printed on that sign. That's put there by the government. <laughs> telling you that they if you spend the night, you're yeah. not coming out if you oh. try to go under after dark. So God, that's so scary. That's official, according to the law. 
So they believe this, like I said, to the highest level. Now, supposedly, there are several documented accounts of people who went in after dark and did not come out, which is why they felt the need to put that in there. So, if they go in in the daylight... They're good. They're good. But you got to be out by night. But do they find the people the next day? No, they're saying that they don't... They're saying if you go in there... You're not, you just, you don't, it's like you're lost forever. You go in, you don't come out. Oh my god. It's like goodness. a roach motel. <laughs> oh, that's heavy. One of the stories says that there were two boys who went in there to spend the night and they didn't return. So that was just, that's all I got on that story. Oddly enough, that's all there was. But why would people do that? Why would you even take a chance on doing that? Because that's the way people are. That's human nature. There's another story about a little boy who went into the fort, and he fell fell asleep while he was in there. And he was rescued, but while being rushed to the hospital, the car he was in crashed, killing not only him, but the people who rescued him. Aww. So you mean he, like, went in there, and it was daytime, and he fell asleep, and then yeah. when he woke up, it was night? But somebody got, got him. night. So. Or he went in there and fell asleep at nighttime, and they found him the next morning. Either way. Either way, he didn't make it. Some people would say that's a coincidence, but the locals do not see that as a coincidence. So let's hear a couple of personal experiences from people. The first one is from a man from Alwar. It's another city. He says that when he was nine years old, he and his father were out walking near the fort. This unknown man just comes up to him and starts kind of walking beside him. They tried to get rid of him, but he was desperate to tell them the real story behind the haunted fort. His dad eventually picked him up, the nine-year-old, and carried him so they could walk faster so they could get rid of this guy. And it worked. Except, they turned around and looked, and the guy was completely gone. So there were some other people around, and they asked him, Hey, did you see what happened to that guy that was walking beside us? And both sets of people that they talked to said, There was nobody walking but you. It was just you two. So... There was no man walking beside him. It was a ghost or something. Well, maybe they should have listened to what he had to say. Well, maybe they just thought he was a nut job. Well, that's true. Another man says that he and his friend thought that all these horror stories was cool. (laughs) So (laughs) they wanted to check it out. So they went in there about 8.30 p.m. Around 12.30 a.m., they heard a very loud female voice shouting from the fort. They got scared and they started running for the main gate and a wall fell in front of them. A wall fell? wall fell from inside the fort. So they started running until they finally made it out of the fort. So they made it out. So but? They, well, I'm saying though they made it out. They went in after dark and they made it out. Nothing happened to him the next day? No, I guess that was scary. No, not Nothing I know of, anyway. So this story here took place in 2011. There was another group of friends, and they wanted to check out the fort. So the fort closes at 5 p.m., but they'd already came that far, and they were like, hey, it's like, you know, Wally World being closed. They decided to, they wanted to go in anyway, and they paid, like, I guess the groundskeeper or whoever to be able to go in. So I guess like a night watchman. They paid him to go in. After about an hour... They didn't see or feel anything, so they started, you know, laughing about it. Then all of a sudden, they're getting ready to leave, and they see this guy sitting 
near this window that had iron grills in it. He wasn't looking at them. He was looking at a different direction. All that may not even know they were there. So one of his friends, they yelled something out at the man. They said that the guy just kind of looked over and smirked at the boy, and it was enough to scare them, so they left. <laughs> so it's just like, and that apparently wasn't after dark. Oh, I was because gonna it say was five p.m. is when it closed, but I don't know what time they got there. It could have been five thirty-six. I don't know, and I don't know what time it got dark at that time. So, last story: some friends were coming back from the fort. They see an old woman wearing basically your typical Rajasthan clothing. It just looked very old. They said she was a beggar, so they gave her some money. They were about to leave when they heard this really loud scream enter into their ears. They looked back, and the woman was completely gone. They have no clue what happened or who she was. All they know is that her dress looked like it was centuries old. What the heck did she do with the money? <laughs> I don't know. How are you just going to take money and disappear? Trust me, I got family members like that. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, that's the story that I have on Bangar Fort. I like that, and I and I think that's the first Indian story we did, other than the um, the Indian paranormal investigator that mm-hmm. we did on the story. But as far as haunted places in India, that's the first one we've done. Oh my gosh, I just can't believe people would intentionally go in there after dark. I mean, that's just what the heck. Find something <laughs> else to do. I would go in there after dark. Jerry Polly, you know, and I'm then not I would not have a that. husband. Yeah, there. You, surely you don't believe that's the case. I just said and told you at least a couple of cases of people who went in after dark and came out. I know, but that would just be my luck. You go in and you're like, what? I and bet then you'd be people, gone. I bet there's people who go in on a regular basis after dark. Not me. But I will tell you something, though, about the Indian stories. They're hard to find in English. And they're hard oh. to find very much on. I found... I think seven or eight videos on Bangar Fort, and every one of them were in Indian. Really? So I couldn't understand one of them. One of them, I believe, but I didn't end up watching none of them because other mm-hmm. than just look at, I want to see what it looked like inside. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, it just you know. And then I was like, well, let's find some other stories to go with it since this one wasn't big. Now that that one is actually a pretty good amount of information mm-hmm. that Sharon was able to come up with on that one. And like I said, but I couldn't come up with anything on videos. Usually I can come up with a bunch mm-hmm. on videos. Nothing. Wow. And then even the little small bits and clips and stuff is very few words. Well, they just want to keep their shit, you know, private. Well, I'm just, it's not so much that. I think it's more of a language barrier. And, so, and, and it's not, I think the main problem is not language barrier. It's cultural barrier. Mm-hmm. So, like, we... Us in Europe, especially, we're way more into the paranormal. So there's so many more stories and stuff where in other countries, you know, they're not as big. You know, Asia is just not as big mm-hmm. on on paranormal as what other places are. Sure. So the stories aren't there. Sure. So, I mean, it's just the way that it is. Yeah. That's very So I think that's now. why there's just not as much information mm-hmm. on stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I thought it was a cool story. But, you know, have you noticed, though, that all the India... Women are just gorgeous. They are. They're just beyond gorgeous. Well, not not every one of them. Well, pretty much <laughs> everyone that I've ever seen are. So yes, they're, I think they're, that, I think it's yeah, I think their culture is pretty cool. Actually, it is pretty cool. Remember, we went to where was we at? It was I think we were in Ohio? Maybe 
But then there was a... Uh, oh, the van full of people in that hotel. Yes. yes. The, almost the whole hotel had been booked by an Indian wedding. Yes. Oh, and, my and goodness. And they all came out and they had their... Um, Beautiful. Their, their dress mm-hmm. that they would wear for something like a wedding that, you know, and man, ever so elaborate. Every, every outfit was elaborate and there must have been 30 of them. Oh, yeah. It was a, a sight to see. It was really gorgeous. Yeah. It was really cool. So, yeah. It's but. good to see that. Anyways, that's our story for tonight. What do you got for us as far as, uh, well, this is a short week. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we only got up to Wednesday to build to <laughs> Right. Um, so our iTunes review this this part of the week is from Tavian Malik. Thank you, sweetheart, for your awesome review. We appreciate it. And our Patreon is Ashlyn Johnson. Thank you, honey, for your support. You are awesome. Just keep those reviews coming. And, um, you know, we love them. We love every one of them. So yep. Reviews help us out tremendously yeah. even four years in. Oh, my gosh, yes. Almost four years. Yes. On the subject, you only got one thing I'm going to touch on on shows. The Pigeon Forge show in July is officially on. We've talked to the Graveyard Tales. They're good with it. Uh, We're actually going down to check out the location. We have lowered the amount of tickets that were for sale. So they've lowered them from 90 down to 60. That way we can social distance some and uh, give people an opportunity Probably, we'll probably end up doing it like a smoking or non-smoking situation to where, you know, remember how restaurants used to be. We're going to probably have one section for people who want a social distance and another section for people who don't. That way we can even keep people even farther apart who have concerns. We'll make sure that we have tons of um, antibacterial wipes and disinfectant and stuff like that on hand to be able to clean tables off, uh, at least, you know, in between acts and stuff like that. But we're going to do everything we can to make sure everybody feels completely safe. Absolutely. And we cannot wait to see you guys. We're so excited. This show's going to go on. And right now, about half the tickets have been sold because there was already 23, mm-hmm. 24 tickets sold. And then since we put it up on the computer this past week, there's already been like six more tickets sold. Yeah. So that's we're really very, good. very grateful. And that one's during the day. Yes. That's a two o'clock show. Mm-hmm. So you guys can get out and enjoy some of the shows and stuff later if you want to go to, the, to, uh, see some they got awesome vegas style shows oh yeah the shows actually uh open back up june 1st like yeah, so all the open. dixie stampedes all that stuff's gonna be open back up so yeah, if, if you haven't seen that you need to go do that because it's awesome yeah if you've never been to gatlinburg or pigeon forge and you're within four or five hours it's worth it you will absolutely love it it's beautiful you got nature you got all kinds of like i said vegas style shows you got great places to eat it's it's phenomenal so mm-hmm. you'll love it if you've never been there all right, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you bearing with the, the lower show but you know, or the lesser show this week, but we really need to get us some R&R. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd rather do this than not put one out at all. So thank you guys so much. We love you. Thank Y'all you have a blessed week.